You are now listening to the Cross Platform Chat Podcast. Hello and welcome to episode 22 of Cross Platform Chat, a podcast about nerdy things and video games. We are auto HDR and FPS boost enabled and forward compatible. Welcome to the Cool Kids Table. Grab a chair and take a seat in the shade. My name's Devin, and today I'm joined by my bestest online friend, Matt. He's also known as the Sony Warhorse. Matthew, what's going on? Hello, I was about to give you a nice, girthy, like, horse neigh, but I'll spare myself. What's oh, up, people? Please. Good to be here. Can I have that? I'll cut it. I'll take it out <clears> post. Okay. <laughs> That's so staying in. <laughs> Did that work? <laughs> oh, I was passed out from laughing. That was pretty good. Very that sounded good. really good in my headset. <laughs> By the way, I like the edits you made to the intro. Jesus. We give you the keys to the car and you just drive it off a cliff. Oh, I got the windows down, middle finger Here up, spinning donuts. Nice. <laughs> I love it. Uh, yeah, unfortunately, uh, Greg is not joining us today. He's a bit under the weather. So uh, thoughts and prayers. Yeah, Greg. We we miss you, sir. Come back to us, human platinum. Yeah. Um, speaking of, I'm going to give a, a tip to the hat. He got his 100th platinum yesterday. And... Oh, that's right. He did break triple digits. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. Uh, did it in uh, Rift Apart. So very yeah, fitting. He texted me. He texted me when he did that, too. And I'm, I tell people he didn't get the name human platinum for nothing. He earned that name. True. And trophies. I can only imagine if Xbox had platinums, uh, what that number would look like. So, yeah, that's always confusing to me how they break that down. It's just gamer score, right? So it's just yeah, it's there's just so many things. Like Xbox has done a wonderful job this gen. Uh, what look we've been derailed, not even through the intro. Anyway, but there's some things there that just go. left to die, like uh capturing like they used to have capture studio upload studio and that they just killed and didn't replace it with literally anything like they made some enhancements to trimming it your clips and stuff but as far wow. as editing software gone <laughs> you know really yeah I bet, they, I bet they bring that back they've got to bring oh. that back at some point this uh, achievements literally have not been touched since like the insertion <laughs> like yeah i feel like that could use an overhaul because like I mean, they are really the pioneer of that whole metagame thing. Yeah. I'm kind of surprised they haven't just patented the patented the shit out of it. You know, I know. I mean, they did add rare achievements, which uh, those are fun. Those are That's like cool. a yeah. Ch- yeah. Uh, slap of dopamine. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Anywho, uh, roadmap for today's show. Uh, both Matt and I have a flutter bomb. So um, I'll let Matt multiple bombs. Yeah, multiple bombs. I'll let Matt take the uh, reins on that, and then I'll I'll chime in with mine. Um, We'll follow up by what we've been playing, any nerdy pickups, and then uh, the news, a couple juicy topics, and then uh, our today's topic. If we get to it, and after thousand side tangents, uh, the cost of gaming. So yeah, sounds good. And then we ride into the sunset. Yeah, hand in hand. We embrace on one horse 
and we looked back and there was only one set of footprints and that was his and or mine wait that, who's carrying who? I, I put you on my back i am a war horse after all yeah. so you're saddling <laughs> upon my steed nice <laughs> let's do this shit all righty uh matt yo i'm gonna let you uh take over the driver's seat and flutter bombs what is it how they come about and uh what is yours for the week flutter bomb is a storied segment of the show I mean, it is the name of a real game on Xbox and PlayStation about butterflies, laser warfare and world domination. But it was also the name of a segment where we just I usually just complain about something random because I'm old and senile. So it's just kind of an old man yells at cloud situation today. As we said, we both have flutter bombs, multiple bombs of flutter. So here's my here's my flutter bomb. Sonic Boom, are you ready? I'm in the seated upright position. Okay, this, I have to like tell a story, but I'll come full circle on this flutter bomb. Okay. okay, it's right now today, it's July 5th, and obviously 4th of July weekend was upon us. I hope you had a delicious weekend, sir. Yes, yes, I did. There, There is a saying, and it's the, the spirit of the law versus the letter of the law. And mm. I believe in my mm-hmm. soul that this sentiment also extends the sandwiches now hear me out on this oh. there's an ongoing debate about the nature of hot dogs oh my god you are reading this. the future do not dip into my quick fires sir but keep going well i mean yeah i'm, I'm gonna walk uh, it's carefully but specifically addressing the question are hot dogs sandwiches oh brother you did it what is is this your flutter bomb no it's my quick fire but go go on Okay, well, we let have, me just, obviously let we're me just drill this quick fire. My argument, Sonic Boom, is just simply this. You cannot define the hot dog on paper. You, you don't define a hot dog by the letter of the law, because if you do, you'll just find meat between bread, and you might find yourself in a dark place where mm, a hot mm, dog is mm. a sandwich, but you would be lying with facts, Sonic Boom. This mm, is a lie mm-hmm, propagated by the liars. Mm-hmm. To find the answer to this question is a hot dog a sandwich. You just have to search your feelings, Anakin, because we all know that a hot dog is not a sandwich. Otherwise, it would be called a sandwich. It's not. Oh, my God. Called a hot dog. You took a right turn and I thought we were going to the, the I thought we were going to be ascended into the plane of love. No. Enjoy together. It's not a boom. They don't any, call it. You a go, I cannot. I cannot follow. You you're turned to the hate of the dark side. I can't follow you, Annie. Sonic Boom. A hot dog is not a sandwich. It's not called a dog witch. This isn't up for discussion. Flutter bomb is over. You don't, no you no don't conversation. When you polish a turd, what do you have? Still a turd. You put meat between bread, it's still a sandwich. End of story. Like people get on their high horse, their high war horse, and they think, oh, I'm so mm. Enriched I mean, with I, knowledge that it is not a sandwich, it's a bun. Sonic Boom. I, I mean, I am barely on barely on board with the with the concept even that a burger is a sandwich. I will allow that, but that's as far as I go. Sub sandwich, j- uh, peanut butter jelly sandwich, ham sandwich, hot dog. Not in there, is it? Uh, uh, it's not. Uh, 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 uh. But it is a delicacy of our independence. So for that, I salute the hot dog. And I bid you happy Fourth of July. Did Joey Chestnut break the record? Do you know? 
who the hell is Joey Chestnut? Oh, brother. <clears throat> you come at me trying to spit, and you don't even know who Joey Chestnut is. He is the world championship of the Nathan hot dog eating <laughs> championship that they have on the 4th of July every year. Yeah. And he's got a record of 74 hot dogs that he's eaten in one sitting. Oh, my God. Salute to him as well. No, I go way back with the hot dog uh, records to, like, the days of Kobayashi and Black Widow. But beyond yeah. that, I don't really know. Okay, so you, you got your toe in the pool. I mean, yeah, I mean, I yeah, I play with it. Yeah, you're, I mean, you're in the kitty end, but you know. Speaking get, of hot dogs, I, I was gonna save this for later, but I may as well just discuss it now. Hot dog toppings. I was at a party about two years ago, and some dude from Chicago got on my ass because oh, I brother, put those guys. And mustard on a hot dog. Those guys. He said exactly this. He's like, I'm from Chicago and we would never put ketchup on a hot dog. And I was just like, yeah, well, I'm from Colorado and we don't give a shit. Yeah. We eat hot dogs. That's what did he do put it. like a pickle and a, some mayonnaise or some shit? What I mean? Yeah. <laughs> those sprinkle some sesame seeds and like, bullshit. I got lucky with pizza. I'm not going to lie. Like Chicago deep dish is fire. Um, the, the side tangent, this Detroit bullshit that's coming up lately. No, don't even get me started. But uh <laughs> Yeah, Chicago style dogs, like you're just literally putting whatever you have in the cart on your dog. It doesn't make it special. It doesn't make it unique. It's I just mean, a hot I, dog with a bunch of bullshit on top of it. Yeah. Notice how you said not a sandwich with, with a bunch of bullshit because it's not a sandwich, but I put everything on my hot dog. Ouch. Whatever's there. I put Shay. flavor on this bitch. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Flavor's flavor, baby. But I mean, by definition, a sandwich, you can put literally anything on it. You know, you put it between the breads and it's a sandwich. So. Anything could be a sandwich, just like anything could be a pizza. Okay, well, unless it's from I Detroit. Guess. Unless it's from Detroit. Oh yeah, it's yeah. an abomination. Yeah, it's true. Well, that's my flutter bomb, Sonic Boom. Okay, uh, you know what grinds my gears is yeah, what, what, uh, the used game store. They're just not what they used to be. Uh, going on a trip here in a week. I'm that parrot this that does. Not... Okay, you're back. You're back. Sorry, oh, I you lost audio for like. 10 seconds i'm oh, so okay. sorry anyway the last thing i heard was uh, use game stores grind your gears yeah yeah they're not what they used to be uh, i think we it, when i say we i mean you and me specifically are fortunate enough to where we when we worked at our used game store that's not the big uh game spot stop you know whatever you whatever you want to call it yeah. um the uh it had fair prices you know you didn't get wrecked over the coals for wanting trade over cash you know we, we didn't turn you down like we almost took everything you know yeah new games weren't new games weren't priced you know like if a game came out a week ago we were you know we charged maybe 50 bucks used but not not you know 55 it was like at most 50 usually it was 45 you know so good prices good trades mm -hmm. uh, Going to a trip here in a couple days. I'm that parent that I'm trying to get some Game Boy games for my kid, and I have no idea what to get. Like I'm looking, I'm stressing. I'm everything is either a thousand dollars or it's hot <laughs> garbage. Like uh, Lizzie McGuire saves the world, you know some yeah, some Nickelodeon right. bullshit. Anyway, so I went to two used game stores, and okay. it might as well just be eBay in a box because. They have a selection that's great, but God, they want a million dollars for their shit. I'm like, come on. How are you guys still open? That It's like they went to eBay, said, okay, that's what the value of this is. I'm going to tack on more and then try to sell it. It's like, that's not, I don't know. It's just not the spirit of used game stores to me. Dude, so. I'm totally with you. There's a, I know I've said this a million times. There's a really good used game store in my area 
But I'm at that point where when I go in there just to kind of delve around with the retro section, it's really, really hard for me to even come to a place where I would buy any of it. Because when I worked at a used game store, this stuff was just we'd sl- we couldn't give some of this shit away, you know, sling yeah. it for five bucks. And then they were, yeah, charging 30, 40 or more for a Game Boy game. I'm like, no. Nope. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's like, oh, uh, Final Fantasy two on the Game Boy. We want one hundred and fifty dollars. I'm like, that game is ass. Like, has anyone actually ever played it? No, <laughs> it game is bad. And you want one hundred and fifty dollars for uh, Zelda 64 in the normal box, not the special edition box. One hundred and fifty. That's like, fair. Dude, they made a billion of those games and you want one hundred and fifty for this. That's crazy. Actually, you know what? I'm part of the problem here because now that I'm thinking about it, I sold one thing on eBay. You'll never you'll never believe this. There is a game on Game Boy Advance. It's called Ninja 5.0. It's like a side scroller. It's kind of like Ninja Gaiden or um, Uh something like like that. But it's made by Konami. I sold an empty, empty box of this game. Empty box. Guess how much I sold it for? Seventy five dollars. One hundred dollars. My God. Holy cow. $100. Just I for was, the box? Uh, just for the box. I mean, granted, it was complete and it was in really good condition, but they had some financial woes in my life at this time. So I just needed every dime I could scrape together. And I was going through some of my stuff and just, you know, on eBay, like, okay, what's this? What's this? And I didn't have the game. I don't, I think I traded the game. I got rid of the game or a friend borrowed it or something. Could never find it again. But I had the box and I was like, holy shit, this is, this is a gold bar, gold mine. Nice. Yeah, so it's just I don't know. Game stores just aren't what they used to be, unfortunately. That's that's, yeah. my, that's my bomb. Um, what are you gonna do with the game then, Dad? Did you pick something up or you still on the hunt or what? I went I went to eBay and got Sonic 2 advanced for twelve dollars. Oh, uh, that's, yeah, so that's doable. Half the price they were asking for. And it didn't work. So there you go. <laughs> I, oh, we tried it. We couldn't, we couldn't get to work because the kid brought his Game Boy in. And I was like, let's try some of these games. And he's trying games. I was looking around. They had a Castle Grayskull in a box for like $400. Uh, they had some math toys. Like They had a bunch of stuff. I'm just like, how do, how do you afford to live? Like, how do you sell anything? <laughs> like, yeah. I don't know. Games are in a funny transition, it seems right now. But yeah, actually, I just heard recently also specifically with Game Boy games that there's a huge um, pirating pirating problem with with Game Boy games right now. Yeah, looking at eBay, you can find like carts that are like uh, every Pokemon you can think of in one cart. And it's like, what? And then yeah, just fake Pokemon's like Ash Black. I'm like, what's an Ash Black Pokemon? I know that's not a real game. <laughs> Ash Black. <laughs> yeah, I'm kidding. I'm not kidding. That's funny. <laughs> um, well, instead of shouting at clouds, um, video games, what have you been playing? I lost audio. Matt? I keep losing audio in and out. Oh, no. Yeah, I can hear you. Okay. That's fine. Thank uh, you. What, what have you been playing? been playing you'd be so proud of me i actually played video games this weekend i've had a nice three-day weekend um i popped the platinum on ratchet and clank rift apart nice bless my soul congratulations Um, that's great summer game you know games you play and they're just summer games yeah this this is a summer good characters happy go lucky it's upbeat it's funny it's easy to play you know colorful big guns summer jam summer jam man and it's 
awesome technical showpiece for for a PS5. I really, really liked it. And I tell you what, Insomniac can animate with the best of them. To me, that's their magic sauce. They are like master animators. Really, really like that game. Um, I think it probably, I don't know. I, I, I don't know if there's a game clock on that game. I think it's between 15 and 20. I don't, I'd have to look. I don't know. YouTube told me it took me four and a half hours to beat that game. So uh, you beat Rift Apart. That's what YouTube is saying is it only takes four hours. So mm, maybe if you beelined it with the Omega guns, perhaps <laughs> maybe if you new game plus it. <laughs> yeah, new, new game plus I could see. That. Yeah, I, I certainly was milking it, though. I knew I wanted to get the platinum whenever Ratchet comes out. I always just kind of take it slow and get the platinum because it's a fun platinum. It's not, you know, killing myself on Dark Souls or something. Nice. Um, getting back to Returnal, still chasing that platinum life. Fired it up again last night. Got my ass brutalized for like 30, 40 minutes before I could even start really playing the goddamn game. Oof. If you fall out of this game for any period of time, reacclimating is like getting thrown in a cold bath. It sucks. But I'm back on my shit and they changed some uh, they they updated the game it has some patches and changed some of the RNG elements to make it a little nicer with collecting. Yeah, I heard that uh, uh, RNG protection has been boosted because some of those collectibles were, uh, yeah, not it the easiest to come across. I, I think we touched on that teeth. last week, but yeah, it's pulling teeth. But I, it was uh, yeah, last night was really productive in that in that regard. But yeah. Gotta love that game. Still, still probably my front runner for game of the year at this point. I still need to play through or I still need to really start Resident Evil Village. Um, yeah, otherwise, it's it's definitely my front runner. So that's what I'm that's what I'm playing. Nice. Glad so you enjoyed the long weekend. Yeah, doing my best, doing my best with the hot dogs and the games and the beers. How about you, Sonic Boom? What have you been jamming on? Um, well, I continue to be the uh, biggest hypocrite in gaming. I started up Control again. After buying it on the the uh, what sale was it the E3 sale that they had going on? Okay. Um, one of the cards for Microsoft reward points was spend forty dollars on the sale, and I'm like, okay, what the heck? I'll buy Control Ultimate Edition for it was like fifteen or twenty dollars. It wasn't much. It was yeah. It, it's about as much as it should have been. Uh, no, I'm kidding. Uh, it's an amazing game. I'm really really enjoying it. Um. I think I'm getting towards the later stage of the game because I'm getting a lot of uh, fetch quests for some of the main NPCs. Um, so I don't know how much further I have left in that game, but you know, I'm not going for uh, quote unquote platinum, but I'm trying to do trying to go back and pick up yeah. things that I I saw and was like, how do I get there? How do I get there's a box there, but I have no way of getting up there. Come to find out, there's like a levitating power. <laughs> so like, <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> surprise bitch we could fly yeah pretty much so let, let me ask you this also on oh, sorry were you gonna oh, i was just else? gonna say oh. levitating in the game is amazing because it's it's not limited to your other force powers it's like completely independent and i i respect that oh cool they're giving you freedom to just go and fly like it's not like you can indefinitely fly but you get pretty far distances before you're have uh -huh. to land so that's that's really fun that's cool. That lends itself to exploration and such. Yeah. I bet. yeah. 
That's dope. I was going to ask you in terms of um, control, are you playing as as memory serves? I fired it up just a bit. I really actually do want to play that game, but I'm, I'm not quite ready for it yet. But I know that the next gen version got a ray tracing patch and then also a performance patch. So it's like mm-hmm. a fidelity versus performance. What mode are you jamming out on or are you on PC where that doesn't really matter? Uh, I'm playing on Xbox Series X. I'm doing the performance. I tried the graphics and it looks really good. Like um, the lighting with the ray tracing looks very natural. It's very, very well done. But 30 frames, just I cannot, I can't do it. So, um, oh no. And, um, oh. Yeah, sorry. I, I lost you there. I got yeah. so sorry. Lost audio for a couple of seconds. What I thought I heard you say is that you're playing in performance mode. Yes, I'm playing performance mode. Um, ray tracing looks beautiful, um, but I can't do 30 frames a second. I tried for about five minutes. I'm like, nope, can't do it. Dude, so. yeah, because I did the same thing. I, I think it was on PlayStation Plus a month or two ago. So, of course, I downloaded it and just popped in to see the difference. And I'm like with you, dude. 30 is really hard to go back to once you already have already played the game yeah. in 60. I really wish that they would be able to do a 60 ray trace of some sort. That'd be really nice. But and what's, it's as nice as you can toggle the two. So say you want to take a really nice screenshot of an area, you can toggle it to ray tracing. Uh, pop back yeah, out of the right. menu and it renders you know oh. which is it, it's nice because you can see what environments look like i don't really think your mm. character gets that ray tracing but uh the environments lighting looks really good um personally i think ray tracing is like the next 4k where it's it looks nice and it's a you know technical thing but i think and mm-hmm. uh, i think energy can be focused to other places to make a guy a game look better uh, like hdr or frames so let's just me that. oh dude that's that's actually interesting sonny boom because I, I i had actually been meaning to bring this up what your general thoughts are on ray tracing do you feel like it's just kind of a trend buzzword for the moment do you think it's going to stick with us um do you think that it's going to make its way into the current gen more and more as it goes on i yeah i think it will i think as developers get more work um with it and mm-hmm. they're able to put it as an additional option, you know, like, hey, you can do ray tracing, but your frames are going to hurt. Like, Dip, I don't yeah. mind. Um, I think that'll improve, obviously, with time. But, yeah, it's just the new MacGuffin to sell new things, you know. Like, it's yeah, just like when TV's got flat screens and, you know, plasmas and smart TVs. You know, it's just the MacGuffin to sell you something new that you don't necessarily need. Yeah, I hear that. I hear that. I will say, I feel like they're going to get a little more efficient with how they implement ray tracing. Like in Ratchet, for example, I know that Insomniac has done a lot. They actually did this in Spider-Man also, but they have ray tracing implemented. Granted, I think it's fairly limited in terms of the resolution of the rays traced, but at least they could implement it in a way where they could maintain some respectable frame rate and still have it in there. Um, I don't know. I hope that we see more of those sorts of implementations, but I guess we shall see. Yeah. Shall see what that comes to. All right, Matt, uh, have you picked up anything cool? Any nerdy pickups? Oh, dear God. I did get nerdy this week. Let's see. What did I get? Um, oh, I got this game on switch. It's called Panzer Paladin. Um, hmm. it's a limited run game. It It's, 
it it kind of reminds me of like a Metal Slug or an SNK type jam. Okay. Oh, like an old Neo Geo game? Yeah, yeah, that's what it really reminds me of. Um, I'm trying to think. I'm nice. still on my vinyl problem. That that problem is still ongoing. <laughs> that's not um, a problem. That's just the way of life, baby. Yeah, dude, it's getting bad. Oh, don't worry. I bought vinyl too, so. Oh, did you? Yeah. Well, tell us. I how got... did you level up your nerd? Um. So Target had a they had a different version of the Tron uh, Legacy yeah. soundtrack oh, that was exclusive. Yeah. I don't know. It's personally, yeah, I don't did. think it's as good looking as the other one because it doesn't the jacket. So I don't know. I haven't gotten it yet, but just from the pictures, I don't think the yeah. jacket is nice. But uh, the uh, records themselves are like uh, like a see through blue and. Uh, it looks it looks cool i think they had like an extra track or some kind of extra something i can't remember but really that's yeah i saw it i was like well i might as well help both of them since they're doing more printings like uh random excess memory got another printing um that was up i saw some uh some of those for sale and like i almost bought another one just to have it but i was like eh i don't need another one (laughs) so Uh, but what else did you get oh he lost audio again damn it Sorry, folks. Bear with us. I'm I'm back in. He's I'm back, back in. I'm back okay. In. Sorry. Cool. God damn. <laughs> um. What yeah, else? I'll did... have to, now that you mentioned the Tron soundtrack, I did get it, but I'm I'm trying to remember if it was the blue variant or not. I don't know if it was. Now I want to get that one if I don't have that one. Uh, other nerdy things. Let's see. I pre-ordered Ghost of Tsushima. Oh, there you go. Wait. Uh, which version? <laughs> The, the... Oh, but you're gonna you're gonna love me. Okay, oh, this is brother. now I know I have oh, a problem. No. Oh, because no. I want plastic circles. I got the PS5 standalone Ghost of Tsushima with yeah, the 70. I paid $70 again. Okay. And that's after I already have the plastic edition of it's like a mask and a map and all this bullshit. I thought you were gonna tell me I thought you were gonna tell me you bought the upgrade for the PS4 because you want to have that complete, and then you also bought the seventy dollar edition. Oh no, I'm not a monster, sir. <laughs> no, yeah, hey, once again, that's in it. our uh, that's in our news newsy yeah, news. Yeah, we'll get we'll get to that. We'll yeah. get to that. But uh, yeah, that's I'm. There's probably other stuff that I can't think of because I'm just constantly on a spending spree. This is my life. So. Yeah. Well, welcome to it. Spend oh. it while you got it. You know. Yeah. I'm um. You. I I don't. Did we talk about this last week? I got a thirty sixty. I got a new graphics card. Holy shit. Oh, wait, did is is that the same one you discussed last week? Yes. We... Oh, OK. I don't know. How's that working? Out? I don't you know still... if I, did I talk about that on the show last week? I don't. You got a graphics card. I don't know if it was the 3060. I yes. feel like no. Did you that's, get more than one? No, that's the only one I've gotten. Oh, OK, yeah, you yeah. did. You did discuss it. And you said that it's not your forever graphics card, but you might resell it at some point. Oh, yeah. But you won like a raffle or something. And so yeah, you had yeah. to be selected. Yeah. To, to okay. That's cool. All right. Well, let me scratch that. Um, I talked about Tron. Um, shit. Uh, I got a giant Scrooge McDuck pop fig. <laughs> He's swimming in gold. <laughs> Bro, that's badass. Yeah. You should you should take a pic and put it on the, uh, on the Twitter. Yeah. Uh, Twitter. The misses when we were letting the kids jump around. She went to the mall to look at some games for the kiddo because um, they have one of those set game stores. And it started off as a store that sold pop figs like this dude has got a ton of like, I mean, you name it. He's got it. Um, 
and the prices aren't too bad, all things considered. But he's also got comics, magic cards, uh, cool. a bunch of statues like that uh, plastic baby in a in a plastic cage from. Uh, oh Death yeah, Bandit. you sent me a picture. One I yeah. sent you, and I was giving you a bunch of hard yeah. time about because oh man, that. I got the baby in a bottle edition. Sorry, rough. Anyway, uh, he's got a bunch of stuff like that. (laughs) Um, And she saw that Scrooge, and I'm a big Ducktales fan, and she had to buy it, so she bought it. Uh, And the rest is history. Yeah. So let me ask you this: How many pop figs do you have at this point? They're kind of like my little shame trophies. I keep collecting them, and I don't even love most of them, but I have a whole bunch. How many do you have? Um. Between me and the missus, not a ton, like 50. 50, okay. That's Maybe. Respectable. That's probably on the high side. She's got a box of Mighty Mugs, too, which was kind of like a thing, you know, like uh, Betaverse VHS. <laughs> so <laughs> uh, she has a ton Mighty. of Mighty Mugs for Transformers. So we kind of include that. But yeah, I got like three or four boxes oh. of them that are just in storage waiting to be ruined by a flood or a house fire or something. Knock on wood, I'm going on a vacation. I don't know why I put that in the universe, but <laughs> whoops. Yeah, don't let the universe know your fears. Well, you should sell them on eBay while they're still worth millions of dollars. Almost did. She's got a uh, She-Ra that's worth like 150 That We, almost, we almost hawked just because reasons. Yeah. yeah there's one. Reasons. Yeah, there's a lot of pop figs that you don't think are worth money, but they just like Captain Crunch pop fig or... Uh, there's a what was it I saw a Skeletor that's like all chromed out it's like a Turner exclusive that was worth a shitload of money so I don't know yeah I don't don't know if mine if any of mine are necessarily valuable per se but more and more they're doing PlayStation pops so I buy them yeah I'm I'm gonna say those probably aren't unless you got like a special edition variant of some sort I don't I think I have one. I do have actually the I think they just call it the Red Knight from Dark Souls three. That one's worth a little bit, mm-hmm. but otherwise, yeah, I think they're just those probably were actually those are probably worth a, a doubt. They made too many of those. It's a niche for a niche. So, yeah, I th- I want to say I priced it out recently. It was about 60, 70. That's not too bad. Nice. But, but yeah. Well, shall we get to the news? Let's do it. All right. All right. Uh, first on our docket is Kojima and Xbox are out of milestone per Jeff Grubb, man, the myth, the legend, uh, the guy with the beautiful hair. Uh, he reported on game beat that Hideo Kojima and Microsoft have signed a letter of intent that states that two parties intend to work out the details of a publishing agreement for a new Xbox game, according to sources familiar with the matter. This is a key step in negotiations between Metal Gear Solid creator and the Xbox company. This signifies that both parties are uh, have agreed to generalize deals with lawyers continuing to hash out the details. So, yeah, that's continuing to go on. I thought it would have been. Uh oh, did we lose Matt again? All right, well, I'll keep talking. Anyway, uh, I'm back. I'm you're back. back. Okay. Sorry. I'm so sorry. God. So yeah, that that uh, rumor continues to catch steam, and it sounds like it's. Uh, almost to closing to where work can be done and a game can be made. Yeah, more than a rumor at this point, right? Yeah, I mean, I. It's pretty safe to say <laughs> it's more than happening. Yeah, um, yeah. as many people like to deny it or try to start a uh, online. You haven't petition. signed the petition. Oh, I signed the petition. <laughs> you haven't signed the petition. That's funny. No. 
Devin says, uh, Sonic Boom signed the petition because he doesn't like Kojima games. Yeah, not I don't, because he is in the console war. <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want a publisher to publish. Or I don't want a developer to develop games. That's how bad I feel about it. <sighs> Silly. No, man. I I saw this and there was a time maybe about two months ago when I guess Kojima's next project was kind of in. I don't know. It, it was in the world of of mystery. It, it, to me, Kojima Productions represents kind of a changing of the guard a little bit for PlayStation. Obviously, he hadn't exclusively only done things for PlayStation, but historically speaking, his brand was kind of synonymous with PlayStation. So I, I'm not shocked to see that this happened, and I actually think it's really good for Kojima Productions. And I kind of lost track that he had been planning to do a deal with Google Stadia and I think whatever project he was hoping to do on Stadia is going to be made better on the Xbox. To me, there's no doubt about that. And I think that for Microsoft, like. I don't know, I've, I've said this before on the podcast, but I feel like Microsoft has to me, Kojima Productions offers a lot of value to their brand that really has nothing to do with whatever eventual game will come out of this deal. I think that they want artisan, they want weird, they want quirky, they want something with character. Just to give a nice contrast to their stable of exclusive content, I can only imagine this will be exclusive on a second party basis, I would I would assume. Um, or if it's not an IP that will be owned by Microsoft, it'll be exclusively made for the xbox platform but at the same time you know as a warhorse fan sonic boom can you still hear me by the way yes i can okay um at the same time as a warhorse you know it pains me to see um that kojima at least in some way is pivoting away from playstation only because um you know this game won't be on playstation so i'm a huge kojima fan dating back to shit Metal Gear on the NES, but um, I don't know. I I'll obviously still going to get an Xbox, still going to get his game. I think it's a great thing for his his brand and specifically with what I think he wants to do for people who haven't played Death Stranding. It's a very social experience and this whole concept of like adding to this world that other players can then engage with and leave for your world like this whole concept, I think, is going to be revolutionized again with cloud systems and who knows what the hell that looks like but he's in the right place if that's what game he wants to create there's no better place than yeah the Xbox I, platform. I wouldn't have, i wouldn't be shocked if he takes all that the social elements and expands on that and makes it more about that like that's the key mechanic yes yes and I, th- I think especially for Kojima games, because playing them is just a meth drop. I think a lot of people will be curious with it, but wouldn't necessarily want to spend many dollars to see if they like it. But on Game Pass, th- I mean, I think anybody would download it. Just be like, OK, what kind of pot is Kojima smoking now? I'm going to check this out just to see what the hell's going on. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it'll be a really good experimental game for gamers too, just to get a sense of his game. And I hope he, I hope he does big things on Xbox. Yeah, I, I mean, uh, to be honest about the only way I'm going to try this game is if it's day one Game Pass or yeah, Game right, Pass in right, general. Right. Like I just he's not my cup of tea. I'm glad he exists in the universe, but um, <laughs> I think as a, a producer and a, a philosopher, I think someone needs to rein him in a little bit. So that's just my two cents. 
Yeah, and I honestly feel like the majority, I shouldn't say the majority, I think a lot of Xbox gamers probably have that sentiment too. If they cared about Kojima that much, they would not, they would be on PlayStation most likely or have already played all of his games. But I think, you know, for the average gamer, he, they're like, play Death Stranding and like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> what is going on? Yeah. I, I, I love his shit. I mean, yeah, he's kind of a, his, his name means a lot in this industry. Love him or hate him. And I think it's a good, it's a yeah. good thing. I mean, it, it definitely holds clout. I mean, it it's headliners. I mean, even when it's some sources close to the thing, say a milestone happened, like that's an article. Like that was a news article, you know, a letter of intent. Oh, Matthew. Don't yeah, lose you right. again. Okay, there he is. It was, it was very, very quick. Sorry. I'm just going to keep on. By the way, for people listening to this podcast, every single time I lose audio, I'm just typing on the Discord lost audio. So you're going to see that sonic boom throughout this. And I keep seeing Jethro ping and be like, what's going on? Yeah, I see. What's going on here? <laughs> Jump in here. Yeah. You should come in hot and just pop in for like 30 seconds. That's what I told him to do. So, yeah, dude, we'll he should. All right. Uh, next story. Indie Dev says Sony's hard to work with. Matthew White, CEO of Whitethorn Games, uh, posted on Twitter about how it's been difficult to work with Platform X, quote unquote, uh, Sony, if you can't read between the lines, uh, as any developer. Uh, White responded to another developer's tweet saying, all right, I'm going to unfortunately throw my hat here as well. We love our place, uh, Platform X friends, and I'm a former, former Platform X employee myself, but we cannot move the needle on the platform. Less than 3% of sales as a company are on Plat X. Uh, this tweet was in response to, I don't know if this is the right uh, way to say his name, Ian Gardner, stating, okay, I'm mad enough to burn some bridges because honestly, at this point, uh, the bridge I can't even cross. Uh, then he goes on to list his frustrations with uh, multiple mm-hmm. tweets regarding yeah. being an indie developer on PlayStation. Um, what do you think spurred this? Like, what do you think... Uh, yeah, brought all this up. Like, oh, Jesus. I mean, first of all, I will admit I had not gone through the whole article article with a fine tooth comb, but I got the high points of what his concerns have been. I mean, it just sounds first of all, I totally take him at face value with what he's saying. I mean, he certainly has a perspective on the problem himself. Mm-hmm. My sense, honestly, is And this is complete conjecture, but this is just kind of my sense. I feel like, at least with the indie scene, I mean, go back to the PlayStation 4, certainly in the early days, and I'm sure everybody's saying this right now, but I remember in the early days of PS4, Sony kind of to plug, in part, in my opinion, to kind of plug the holes of a first party gap between when they were going to actually start, you know, churning out their AAA games they really extended the olive branch to the indie community and they had some great indies on the PS4 in the early days. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Like flower was one of them. That was like the big to do when that thing launched. And remember bastion was fairly early. Mm-hmm. On. Of course, yeah. that was multi-platform too, but in, I remember specifically at E3, Sony really showcased indies in a, in a major way, in a way that they had never done. And certainly when you do it at E3, that's like the stage that matters most, you know, you're giving up stage time to indies. And that was a really big thing. I had heard that over time, even if you go farther back, back to like, what was, what was on Xbox 360 Xbox arcade? Is that what yeah. it was called? Summer of Arcade. I was had like heard, Summer of Arcade. Yeah, I had heard that there was some 
there was some resentment there with indies and Microsoft and that Sony kind of jumped in to try and be an opportunistic platform. And they did. I feel like the same thing is now happening. I don't going back to my original point, And then I would love to hear your thoughts on this. I just feel like my conjecture is Sony is trying to curate the PlayStation network. They don't want it to get overwhelmed with things that they don't think is going to sell or they, things that they don't think is marketable things that they don't think is quality. That's just my, my sense is that you kind of have to be one of the chosen ones to be given an opportunity to really perform on that platform in a way. I don't, again, this is not really based on anything, but I just feel like Sony is trying to curate. And if you're not on a short list on the VIP, list yeah it's kind of like steam you know there's so much on steam that just gets lost to the wind i think they're just trying to kind of curate but jesus i don't know i really don't know what do you make of all this well a couple angles i'll I'll go off your tangent real quick of um it sounds like they can't even get on those vip it sounds like they're one of their gripes is emails go unanswered for weeks or months and as a developer if you're trying to get through cert or through whatever pitch you have to give or whatever demo mm-hmm. or whatever uh, business plan. It sounds like that's just been frustrating, which uh, that's unfortunate. Um, my take, this will kind of surprise you is I feel like if this was as bad as these two developers are saying, I think we would have heard more about it. I don't know if it's just people mm-hmm. trying to play nice because Sony's the big dog. Um, I just, I, and I'm not saying that these guys are wrong. I'm not saying that they're lying. I'm not saying they're, they're, they're pushing an agenda to get, uh, their game noticed. Unlike that uh, abandoned game. I, I just think where there's smoke, there's fire, but I feel like, uh, something this bad, I think we would have heard about before. I don't know. That's just, that's just my two cents. Uh, it's unfortunate. I hope, um, it's just, they, they just got lost. The, the, these two games fell or what these developers fell in the cracks and Sony will, you know, write the wrong. Cause you know, we, we want Indies to, to, to succeed, you know, on all platforms. Yeah, absolutely do. And I think that Microsoft is doing a great job of that right now. They're just coming in with so much inertia right now. Yeah. They're so well positioned with the, their, their ID at Xbox um, platform has been uh, from everything I heard, very beneficial to developers like they've been handing out tons of support tons of cash uh to help get these smaller games into people's hands so yeah and the thing about indies also is it's not like you said it's not like a rule that people make more or less on playstation there are certainly indies that murder on playstation that do huge on playstation but i just feel like yeah they're either it's they're trying to curate or whatever the case is but I do think that this could be sort of a window into the scope of actually what PlayStation is capable of doing. I mean, Microsoft is leagues bitter, uh, bigger than PlayStation, so they probably are better staffed. They probably have um, much better relations with their indie devs, perhaps. I really don't know. There is one podcast that I listen to, Sacred Symbols with Colin Moriarty. I know he's kind of a... He's a divisive individual, he but he is, <laughs> he's a divisive individual, but he is a um, he does own a studio himself. And just hearing from him in terms of his interaction with PlayStation, because he has published on PlayStation platforms that 
even things like when they pulled because he was making games on the PlayStation Vita and actually he's been launching his games first on Vita. And he had said even when they pulled when they were planning on pulling the PlayStation uh, Vita store, like he wasn't even informed and he's making a game to release on the goddamn. Yeah, I store. did see that where it's like, well, I guess we're not launching here now. Um, yeah, and so, that's a, and this is a surprise that, to me, too. Like, yeah, like that, I mean, that's not, somebody's lifeline, you know, so yeah, they did not communicate that very well, unfortunately. Um, I hope that this can improve, but anyway, I'll, I'll I'll stop spitting. I don't exactly know why this is. I know that it's not affecting every indie indie the same. I don't know if that's making the VIP list. Obviously, they need to improve their communications, but I really don't know. But I do believe uh, indies are the lifeline of the industry. And if you're not a vibrant place place for indies, that's not good. Yeah, that's not good. Uh, okay, next. Uh, Ghost of Tsushima has announced a director's cut. One PS- good story to another. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Uh, and it, it keeps getting better. Um, so, yeah. Uh, Ghost of Tsushima gets a uh, director's cut on the PS4 and 5. Uh, the new DLC will include Iki Island. I hope I'm saying that correctly. If not, you'll correct me. Uh, upgrades for the PS5 and additional uh, bonuses like Japanese lip syncing. So... Now that's great. That's awesome. Uh, but with that comes cost, uh, for the expansion, if you already own the game, it's 20 bucks. And if you want to upgrade to the PS five, it's 10. So 30 bucks total, um, for this upgrade slash DLC, uh, Matt, how do you feel about that? I actually want to ask, I'm really curious what you think on this before I, but I, I mean, I have my thoughts, but I'm actually really curious and don't feel like you have to spare your rage. Oh, brother. Oh, brother. Like, you if know, this you was know a I game, won't hold back. No, I go mean, for it. I mean, if this was a game on Xbox, let's say they did this with Halo. Well, maybe that's not it. Eh. No, go See, ahead. It's hard to fine. even go apples to apples because it's, their pricing structure is completely different. But yeah. let's just say, for example, they launch Halo in November, December, whatever. And then a year or even less than a year later, they announced some DLC and then some features and they did this same thing. How would you feel? And how do you think the Xbox community would respond to that? Um, oh, well, I mean, that's hard because everything it's is not Apple. No, I mean, doom just got an update, which, uh, yeah, gets true. it going on, uh, the current gen systems at no cost. Uh, if it's just DLC, we're speaking of, you know, 20 bucks for a new Island and some upgrades, understandable, but, uh, then to get that upgrade on PS five and uh, charge for those, those upgrades. I think that's kind of horseshit. I don't think you should have to rebuy a game you own to have it run a little bit better on your new system, especially mm. when they want $70. Like, I think that's, that's a horseshit move right there. Um, I don't, I don't see what, I mean, I see why they're doing it, but I don't see like, why would they want that negative press? Like they, they're going to get shit on all day for that. I mean, we saw not too long ago, right? With, uh, what was it? That was, um, was it miles Morales. Did that have an upgrade? That was 30, um, 30 bucks no, more. No, I mean, they had, um, well, miles Morales was basically DLC in and of itself, but they, all of the patches thereafter didn't, they didn't have expanded content, but any patch that happened thereafter relating to performance was just free. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. I just, if it was just for 
DLC, you know, I, I, I can see why you would charge for DLC. Uh, but when you're, you're talking about just enhancements for the system itself and charging for that, that's, that's pretty scummy. See, and it's interesting because obviously with the PS5, they have introduced a new price point for PS5 games for $70. And I guess this is the first time that we've seen that that also would extend to DLC. The DLC on PS5 is 30 versus the 20 on PS4. Um, So to be honest with you, when I first was going through this story, I was a little confused and perplexed why people were had such strong feelings in a way. I mean, DLC in and of itself is a hot button, like half people. The, The funny thing about all of this conversation is that it really does benefit Microsoft in many ways. Um, but I guess I'll get to that when I get to that. For me personally, I have no problem paying for DLC. I look, I think a lot of people have the perspective that no matter what, if I buy a game, all the content attached to it, I should be entitled to after that. And it's difficult because we've seen a lot of publishers do that to varying degrees. Um, but at the same time, like you're saying, content and features are two different things. Um, I guess, I I don't know. Part of it is like, there are plenty of games that we'll pay that are fairly short that are like, what's a good example? Plague Tale. I think that released for $30 and that's like an eight to 10 hour game. Um, Journey was $20 and that was like a two hour game. Limbo was four to five hours as a 20 hour game. So if we're talking like, I don't know, content and hour hours played, it's kind of a discussion there. I guess I just feel like with the DLC, I'm not shocked to see a higher price point for a PS5 related DLC because the things they did on the PS5, I don't know, they have to retool it to some degree. I guess this is the last thing, by the way, Sonic Boom, do we still have your audience? You do. Keep going. Okay. (laughs) I'm just my confusion is just simply this, to be 100% honest with you. Fine. You can have whatever uh, you can have whatever perspective you want about the price. I don't understand. And I get annoyed when the conversation is about how somebody else, not you or somebody values something. And what, what they're willing to pay versus what you think they should be willing to pay. Like, not many companies, in my opinion, can get away with a price premium angle. Nintendo can, and I know that pisses a lot of people off. Yep. Play, PlayStation's trying to. Um, but I think, really, at the end of the day, the most important component that drives value is the product, obviously, but then also it's a sustained, proven product and brand. And I think it pisses people off still that Nintendo... I hear this a lot a lot from the Xbox community that there's an anger towards Nintendo about just their pricing structure and yep I'm one when of they them. re-release things yeah that's totally fine yeah like Mario Kart uh deluxe eight deluxe I waited forever to buy that game because I already owned it I owned the DLC like I owned that game and for them to port it with uh, really no changes to anything other than the DLCs packed in and charged full price was kind of like, I don't know, it kind of pissed me off because I'm like, you know, that's not the best example, but like you have the Mario all-star thing that came out not too long ago. It was like 60 bucks. I mean, just any of their first party titles 
like a sale to them is 50 bucks. Like when you see a sale at target or Walmart where they're like buy two, get one free or every game's 15 bucks off. And then this, the asterisk is excluding first party Nintendo. <laughs> like it's just infuriating. So I guess I, at the end of the day, I'm a little perplexed why people who have no interest in a product don't are not on that platform get so angry about a price point. That's the part that I don't really understand. I mean, everybody can have their opinions, um, but the market determines value, really. Yeah. And if you want it, and if it's worth it to you, buy it. If it's not, if it's not worth it to you, if it doesn't appeal, don't buy it. Yeah, Point ultimately, that's what it comes down to. Like, you know, if they can't sell this, they're going to drop price. But you know, like, it's uh, not that I disagree with the concept. Go ahead, sorry. Uh, there's people that they want to justify their purchase of something else by bashing someone else's purchase for something completely unrelated you know like do i think an extra 30 bucks for the ps5 version of ghost of tsushima is horseshit yeah but i'm not gonna shit on you because for buying it you liked it you want to play it it's on a system you enjoy and you support go on do your thing you know who am i to say i don't have a ps5 you know i can't talk shit the the funny thing is to me this this the longer these sorts of conversations come up, I really do think that it it benefits Microsoft. The funny thing about Game Pass to me is that I, in a way, I can see how it conditions people to think that games should be cheaper or free because of the pricing structure. And like it goes back to this conversation we've been having on the podcast. And I think Microsoft is really clever with how they're they've been handling the messaging around Game Pass and they're on a great trajectory to keep pushing it. but they continue to flex the biggest advantage they have over everybody else in the console space. And it's all about price point. And, you know, they, they can take losses at, at chunks that Sony can't do at all. They can't even touch it. Yeah. And obviously they could, they could can't touch it either. Tomorrow they could lose the entire val- value of Sony as a company and an IP and a brand and not bad an eyelash. Like that would just be cash <laughs> to them. I mean, they made an acquisition of seven and a half billion and they made it up. in what was it? That quarter, <laughs> like yeah, that quarter like alone by, by dinner time. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just fundamentally a different animal. And I, I really continue to think Sony acts. I mean, Sony is a massive corporation. Don't get me wrong. None of these corporations need defending, but they're kind of like they operate outside of the scope. They, I think they want to pr- present a perception that they're bigger than they actually are. And I think people see them in Microsoft and don't really know how much bigger Microsoft actually is. And because Microsoft is buying into their gaming division in a new way, like that's that continues to be like the biggest, most interesting development to me in this gen. It's because we have never seen Xbox in the way that they are currently positioned. Microsoft is so fiercely competitive right now. I mean, when you get past how nice Phil is, he's a really good dude. He actually had an awesome interview on on Podcast Unlocked this week, too. He's clearly the guy. But when you get past that part of it, Microsoft is fierce right now, completely fierce. And they they're so aggressive right now. They are essentially paying you to play on their platform. Games Pass, Games Pass, sorry, Game Pass exists in part. How are they getting these massive third-party deals? Microsoft is cutting a massive royalty check for them to be hosted on Game Pass. I mean, 
they want people to, to come to Microsoft's platform. The biggest pool of potential buyers is going to be people who play mostly third-party games on PlayStation. I'm telling you, they are so competitive right now, and right now they're doing it with price. And they're going to continue to do that. It's just a matter of time. It's going to be so interesting to see how this develops. Yeah. Sorry, I kind of took that to a place where I no. didn't intend. But <laughs> no, I mean, this is like it's all about the pricing of games, man. It's crazy how this. I mean, is. they've never had a CEO come out and say we're we're behind Xbox. Not even uh, Bill Gates to that extent. Uh, yeah. He was, you know, he wanted to own the living room, but uh, he he definitely didn't have the drive that Phil has had the last seven, eight years and he's, he's proved to Satya that, you know, this, we need the money. We need the the backing of Microsoft to make this a reality. And it's going to be a lot, it's going to be the long con, you know, like the, the bid for game pass is still a future bid, you know, like it, if it doesn't keep continue to grow the way it's growing now, it'll still, it'll be a failure still. Like they're not out of the woods. Like it's proof of concept, if anything. But you know, like you said, they're they're cashing check. You know, they're writing checks. They're putting zeros down that they're not going to see uh, the fruits of la- that labor for years to come. But they can. They have that. They have that cash on hand, where they can go spend willy nilly, and uh, yeah. not be in a in a bad position, not be in the red. You know, where Sony, they made some some choice acquisitions which we'll talk about here in a second. But, you know, those are things that they had to uh, look at and say, will this benefit us? Will this bring in money? Does this make sense? Because uh, Sony needs PlayStation. Microsoft does not need Xbox. So, yeah, we'll leave it that. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of that acquisition, uh, in a PlayStation.blog post, it was announced by that uh, Housemark has been acquired by Sony. Uh, Herman Holst, uh, head of the studio or head of games. What what's his title? Head of game studios. Head of um, head 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 of PlayStation branding. Yeah, international. I don't. Know, I don't. Uh, big guy. Whatever. Yeah, big dude. Uh, so today I'm thrilled to welcome a new member of the PlayStation Studio family. I've been a fan of Heart, uh, Housemark since the studio's early days uh, when they were introduced with Super Stardust HD. Um, he also posted. Uh, the day before the day after he announced that uh nixus next nixus software was also um acquired by sony and they do a lot of pc stuff so two acquisitions by sony that um probably going to be three because that uh image for the house mark acquisition how do you do that i don't know blue points somebody over there had one job and you fucked it up on twitter well I, you know, if you're the if you're the social media manager and you're just giving stuff, you're gonna start posting. You don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Yay! It's time. Yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah, Sony made some acquisitions, um, which you know, Haas Market makes sense. They've been a second party studio uh, for a bit. They got some success for uh, Returnal, and it sounds like they're gonna continue that partnership, uh, like Insomniac, and then uh, Nyxis, Nyaxis. I don't know how to pronounce that. Um, They're in the software side of uh, things for PC development uh, porting. So that makes sense because PlayStation is definitely focusing on PC development and PC porting. Uh, It doesn't shock me that they're bringing on another studio that focuses more on that. So. Yeah, I was I was actually I'm happy to see that one. Also, the Nexus, whatever the hell. I'm glad that Sony is getting over their 
gated wall around the PlayStation brand, specifically with the PC, because I think the more shit, I mean, the more people that touch your game, the better opportunity you have to build your brand cachet. And that's what yeah. they're all about, really. And I'm... games like Days Gone can have second life on the PC. I mean, you, your reach is way bigger, way bigger. So. Yeah, well, I what mean, do you think on that specifically? I think I mean, <laughs> PC gaming is it's it's still alive as well as it used to be. And PC gamers want these console exclusives. Someone posted about a week ago, like the top 10 games on Steam that were for sale or sold were like eight or nine of them were console. It was like Sea of Thieves. Um, uh, what's the open world game uh, with Aloy? I can't remember. Um, Horizon Zero Dawn. Horizon. Um, you had Death Strand. I mean, you had, like I said, like all of them were console games that were the top sellers for that week. I mean, because, uh, you know, Sea of Thieves just had that Disney Pirates DLC that came out. So that's oh, that already out. That did yeah, come out. Yeah. So that was a big push for that. So like people want these exclusives, you know? Like people will talk shade about how the other consoles exclusives are whack, but at the end of the day, people want them. Like you'll talk all kinds of mess, but then you'll go play them once they're available to you in, <laughs> no, in a form that you can support, you know? So I completely agree. It's always been funny to me, the whole PC master bullshit. It's like, yeah, well, con the console games, in my opinion, this is just my warhorse opinion. Console games have always been and will ever will always be to me the best gaming on the planet or on consoles. I, that's just how I feel about it. If you're talking about original IP, like what is on PC that's going to. Yeah, you can get a lot of, of third party games and they run best on PC, but Nintendo games, PlayStation games, my uh, Xbox games, come on. The best games made mm -hmm. on console in my in my humble opinion. Um, but just to speak quick on the mar on the house mark thing, I'm really happy about that. They line up well for Sony. They're a small studio, relatively small. They're less than 100 people. So I hope that can we continue to see PlayStation invest in their studios. They've been staffing up. This is actually a little known fact that people probably don't realize. If you and, and I'm not 100 percent certain on the facts on this, but I heard it recently from a trusted source that they were going through each um, studio that is owned by PlayStation and Microsoft, not in terms of number of studios. But if you're talking about how many employees they have total of their first party studios, they're pretty close. The only reason I say that is because I think what Sony is starting to do is to staff up their studios that are currently there and then probably going to do multiple projects under single brands. Probably part of that is because they build these brands that have a power in, in and of themselves. And so they can have some brand cachet on new projects. Um, but also, you know, they just reinvest in their studios, which I yeah. think they've shown time and again. So yeah. hopefully they do that with house market. Yeah. Triple A games, quadruple A games, however you want to label them. They're not easy to make. Like it's manpower. I mean, if you look at the new Call of Duty that's coming out this year, literally everyone from Activision is on board getting this thing out the door, like because yeah. of a number of things. But these big games take a lot of people Jesus to work, Christ, you know, so yeah. Random question for you, Sonic Boom, by the way, I was thinking yes. about this more and more with also the rumblings of Bluepoint and others. It seems like support studios is the new hotness with big first party because especially like with COVID has proven this time and again, it 
is a fucking push at the end to get a game out the door sometimes. Is there a support studio go to for Microsoft? Do they handle all that internally or do you know much on that? I've always wondered this. How they do it. I want to dig around. I can't. I think like a Sobo, they helped out on some stuff like they've been. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. I want to say they've been helping with uh, Halo Infinite, but I could be wrong on that. That that is really interesting. That's super interesting. Okay, they did Plague Tale, right? Yeah. Uh, The Flight Sim. And. Oh, wait, that's not right. Am I imagining this? Sobo. And now I feel like I'm Mm -hmm. mixing up my studios. Um, by the way, whoever hold on. I'm the French developer, blah blah blah. I'm I'm doing some last minute research on a sobo. Plugs. Okay, yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right, you're right. I feel like that is I think they're in the in Microsoft sites, by the way, for acquisition. I think that would be a great gift for them. Yeah, my guess is they just don't want to <laughs> i don't think they want really? to be bought yet i don't know unless they just haven't worked out the kinks i don't know because been plagued tail that's multi-console so uh, that's just my guess i yeah, could yeah. be wrong um yeah i don't know who is a go-to that's a good question i don't follow that uh as well as i the, should the, well that's the thing though i think a lot there are so many i think studios who do specialty work that you never even hear about i, I was just looking at one just because this fucking blue box situation won't shut the fuck up but they were talking about oh we also have this this um external studio helping us and i forget the name of the studio but they've done work on halo they've done work on last of us they've done work on like tons of triple a's i think there's a lot of little satellite studios that do a lot of work for random things you don't even know but I've anyway. Anyway, last thing I'll say on Returnal, I'm, I would bet that whatever Housemark does next is going to be on Unreal Engine Five. I would not expect to see the next game for a couple, two, three years. But nope. they did they did build Returnal on Unreal Engine Four with some how sh- how shall we say bespoke components, as I understand it. But <laughs> I bet they move on to Unreal Engine Five. It sounds like a lot of teams are do- making that move already. So yeah, almost soon. Uh, initiative they they moved over. Uh, yeah, yeah, or not initiative, uh, coalition. Yeah, is uh, initiative have they announced their engine, or are they, are they doing a proprietary engine? Do you know? I don't know. I, don't know. I imagine they're going to use something that already exists. Uh, to fucking I don't know. tech. Yeah. <laughs> Surprise. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm <laughs> sure it's using out one there. of the best engines in gaming. Yeah, it's probably out there. I imagine they a lot of studios are moving over to um, Unreal Five. So it's exciting. Exciting. Uh, last bit of news, uh, xCloud Gaming is now running on the Series X. Um, let's see. Uh, hardware, sorry. Uh, Series X hardware um, is what's powering the Xbox Cloud Gaming now. And it's expanded to anyone that has uh, Game Pass Ultimate. For uh, and You can access that on PC, Apple devices, Android, or uh, anywhere else you can get uh, cloud streaming. That's good news. Uh, 22 countries, lots of games, lots of fun things. I mean, it's xCloud. I mean, we can, <laughs> we've already pontificated about that enough. So I figure that's like one we can just gloss over real quick. They're a freight train, man. Yep. I'm really interested to see what they do with with xCloud. I kind of scoffed at it at first, but it's super 
like in, just in terms of gaming features that is new now, it's one of the most exciting things going on, oh. in my opinion. I'm really excited to see what they do with it. So, well, that's my thoughts. That was a beefy, beefy hour of fun. Uh, let's move on to our topic, Matthew. Money, sir. It, it, it drives us all. We, we're slave to it. We're bound to it. Money. Aren't we? Yeah. The cost to game. Do you think you spend too much? Do you think you don't spend enough? Uh, do you think you need to jump in other people's Twitter accounts and, and bash them <laughs> for spending money the way they want to spend money? Yeah, well, I get personally offended when people say that Game Pass is worth it. So I go on Twitter. No, I'm kidding. Not as offended um, as I am when I found out that for $1, you can get three months of Game Pass Ultimate. Really? One <laughs> single dollar? That's way too much. With access to over 100... <laughs> Man, that was... <laughs> That that was right pretty out of fun. the brochure. Yeah, that was a pretty fun little uh, meme weekend <laughs> that Dustin Legary started. So it's free advertisement, um, baby. Yeah. So they need to just hire that guy and get it over with. Yeah. So uh, just in general, do you how much money do you think you spend on gaming? Is it too much? Do you think it's, it's way too much? I have a no. problem with spending actually. Um, Would I don't you know. Say- I. I like to buy physical games. So like even with Ghost of Tsushima, like I was saying earlier, I'll buy that hard copy just because I like to have the hard copy. If you're going to ask me how much I spend, I mean, I probably buy at least two games a month, probably minimum two games a month. Yeah, that's uh, today's standard. That's a lot. Like that's not anything to scoff at, you know? That's Yeah, that's a lot of money. And I'm still at current. I am contemplate well i am hunting i'm on the hunt for series x and i'm already contemplating what games i'm gonna buy physically <laughs> like in halo infinite i would love to have that game physically yeah it's gonna be on game pass day one so it makes no sense i make no sense but i'd still want the i would the say game. knowing you that you spend more on uh, quote unquote gaming than you do on actual games themselves whether it's 400 uh posters for metal <laughs> gear your doll collection there were uh, 400 <laughs> my dollies yeah well what about you sonic boom like bring some balance to the force here I, yeah, I, I know I, that you're very intentional with your spending actually i'm very impressed by that yeah i know but, that like resident evil was the first game you bought new day one probably in a long time right true yeah i don't buy full price games very often you can thank game pass for that um but just in general just uh, because I'm a father of two and I've got to pay the bills, like buying brand new games is just not what it used to be. You know, when I was yeah. younger, I could throw it on a card and not worried about it, but it's a young um, man's game. But I do still spend quite a bit on gaming. Like I, like I said, I bought that 3060 and it's marginal upgrades compared to what I already had. So was it needed? No. Do I want it? Yeah. Was it expensive? Not really, but it was still a lot of money. Um, I definitely spend too much money on TVs. Oh, um, Jesus, dude, yeah. Because I've got that LG that's 86 inches. And then I've got the uh, C9. Six inches. Yeah. That's, it's not what you know, folks. It's who you know. And I know someone that works <laughs> at Best Buy who gets things at dirt cheap. So. Yeah. Well, I mean, even then in those examples, like, okay, the graphics card, that's an investment. You could flip that baby right now and make money. Yeah, um, but I don't the TVs you have an you have an access point, you have a hookup, you know, so it's not 
these are still you're a reasonable man, Sonic Boom. I have a problem on the other. Yeah, end I don't know. I, I just my purchases seem to be not as frequent, but just as big. <laughs> you know, I I definitely spend too much money. I mean, I bought two different versions of a not this is a video game, but Tron Legacy on vinyl. You know, I do that with video games. I'll buy what is it? Uh, Sunset Overdrive. I own that as many times as I can because I've lived in that product. Every time you see it on the, in the store, you just like sneak in yeah. and buy it real quick and then and hide it somewhere in your house. Well, pretty much. And anytime <laughs> Wario posts about that or Titanfall, I retweet it because I'm like, everyone should own this game. It doesn't matter what platform you're on, own this game. <laughs> I have seriously thought that I need to unfollow Wario or mute him for a little while because I have such a problem. Some some days it's bad. It's real bad. <laughs> Let me ask you this, Sonic Boom. Do you have anything sealed in your house that you've never opened? Um, shame shame game Mass Effect Effect Andromeda that's sealed Um, don't open it either yeah I got a few things yeah that just they're on the pile of shame but I didn't not a lot that I'm getting to the point where I want things to breathe you know if I buy something it's going to be taken out of the package so yeah it seems you're just really patient with your games too like it's it's actually kind of cool since we've done the podcast just to kind of get an update on what you and Greg are playing and how often. And you guys, uh, you really play your games, man. Like like Assassin's Creed. I would have thought that you dropped that thing months ago. You guys are. Every weekend is like opening weekend with that damn game. Yeah. Well, I mean, when you spend as much money on something, you got to get your value. You know, I did that with Spider-Man. I hated that game. I think the game is hot shit, but I bought the special edition digitally. And I'm like, I'm going to I'm going to platinum this damn thing and get everything I can out of it. And I did. You should turn Spider-Man into your flutter bomb and work it into every show you can just to (laughs) brag on that game, man. Play how bad it is. Um, Can I ask you a random Spider-Man question? Yeah. Oh, yes. No, I can hear you. I can hear Sonic you. Boom, I lost audio. I can hear you. I, I can hear, hear you, Sonic Boom. So I can hear you. Can... Okay. I, I got you. you back now. I got you back. I can hear you. <laughs> okay. Um, Spider-Man. First of all, okay, as I said earlier, I am still on the hunt for a Series X, so that will happen. That's that's an inevitability. Are you even remotely interested in a PS5? Are you going to wait for God of War? Are you going to wait and see? Are you not interested at all? Um, I've dabbled. I've tried. You know, uh, Rift Apart looks fun. And I'll eventually want to play God of War whenever that comes out. Um, so, yeah, I'm tr- I've am i tried. I won't say I'm trying, but I've tried to get a PS5. You know, where I was going with that was, do you see yourself even trying Miles Morales? But no. given not at all. No. Damn. I just I, I've come to the conclusion that as a character, Spider-Man is just not that entertaining to me. Like he's the biggest Marvel IP they have hands down. And I respect mm-hmm. that. And I joined like the MCU, but like this into the Spider-Verse, like I saw that I watched that movie and it's just like, I don't I did not see what everyone was seeing. Oh, my like, God. It, Sonic Boom. Like, really? I saw all the pieces of what could have been great. And I'm like, this just wasn't good. <laughs> like, I did not enjoy it. I thought this was strictly PlayStation hate, but you're no, you, no. what I'm hearing now is you just hate Spider-Man. I'm just not a Spider-Man fan. How do you? Sleep and that's OK. That's OK. Um, But yeah, uh, probably not. I won't. I probably won't because I did not like the, the first one. So there's no reason for me to try the second one. 
Okay. Well, the DLC. I am going. I think Spider Man is going to be next for me. I think, and I I played it a tiny bit. I played Miles Morales a tiny bit, and I really really liked it. So, I'll have to come back on the podcast and we can do a big debate about oh. Spider Man. No. So, please be excited for that. Uh. The new $10 price tag that are getting added to current gen games. Um, yeah. Have your thoughts changed on that at all since uh, since buying <laughs> Ghost of Tsushima um, now? <laughs> I mean, what are your thoughts? See, I'm I just feel like I'm not a great. I, I'm not a great barometer for this because I am a single guy. I've got money to burn. It doesn't really affect me that much. But Here's the thing that I always try to keep in keep in perspective for every one of me. There's like 30 people who have families who this does matter to them, you know, and just because you have less money doesn't mean you have less <laughs> have less entertainment needs. So I fully respect that. And that's part of the reason why, you know, I, I tip my cap to the subscription service. It may suit some people better for me personally, like. I don't know. Sony has been pretty, pretty forward in saying like the scope of our games is such that we need an update, updated skew cost has to be organic price should reflect investment and inflation and to maintain scope of what we want to do. We have to increase the price point. And they've been pretty consistent with saying that. I don't think that eased the blow, really. I think plenty of people hate the new price point. Again, I'm not a great barometer for this, but. Mm-hmm. I, I I had heard even starting last gen that inflation was such that they were making less just publishers generally were making less on their games. Games yeah. are more expensive to make. It's just part of it also. I mean, I don't have I am very much not of the ilk that I'm entitled to anything. I don't think games should be free. I don't think we should see them as as charity endeavors. They're not. They're there to make money. And Mm -hmm. it's your choice if you want to buy them or not. At the same time, I understand the argument, but Christ, I mean, honestly, I think I agree with you mostly. Um, I think for like something like Ghost of Tsushima, uh, having a higher price point for a game that's focused and obviously of quality and of high Metacritic, it it I could buy that. I could. I could be like, okay, that's that's how it's gonna go. But when there's games that come on multiple platforms and one platform is PC and that even PC does not have that price hike, I'm like, all right, you guys are full of shit. Like you're only adding 10 bucks because you can. Because you know console gamers will pay it. Whereas PC mm-hmm. gamers, they won't pay that shit. They don't put up with bullshit. And they 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 are one of the few crowds that vote with their dollar you put a game out on pc and it's too high they won't buy it they'll wait for a sale they will absolutely wait for a steam sale because they know that 10 bucks is horseshit and especially when you get games like battlefield you know i was pretty against that price point um still am but i started thinking like you know i guess 70 bucks for a multiplayer game isn't too unreasonable because if it's quality and you're getting money out of it, and you're getting enjoyment out of it. Does it doesn't matter what game modes are on that disc. No, it matters on how much enjoyment you're going to get out of it. But there's a big, but, uh, when you're also having a season pass 
and microtransactions, like go pound sand. I don't want to hear anything about it costs so much money to make a game. That's yeah, it's true. Inflation and things aren't made for free, but when your developers are still not getting paid as well as they should be getting paid, like and that yeah. extra 10 bucks is just going up to the CEOs and the higher ups and the, the investors, like, I don't give a shit about 10 bucks. <laughs> like, Go pound sand. I don't want to hear you cry poor mouth because games are hard to make. Like, yeah, <laughs> you know, it, it, are they hard to make? Absolutely. And those people that you exploit to make, you know, no, like and, they and need to be paid accordingly and they're not. They still aren't, you know. No, I, I agree with you. And that's the, the thing. I don't think that there is like to me, I think a lot of times we want to not you and me, but just the conversation generally to me is too black and white with this because it's so nuanced i think that i mean it, it maybe maybe it is more true for one publisher maybe it's true for more true for one platform i mean i certainly think that like what you're de describing with like the pc marketplace does not seem to be flexible with what they're willing to spend and you know do you if you want mm -hmm. and i know that for a lot of gamers uh, and again, I hear this a lot from the Xbox crowd more often, it seems, but they, you know, like Sony's pricing structure, um, you know, <laughs> for the payers and all of this, I think that, I mean, that's fine. I, 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 I guess I just get a lot of resent about Nintendo and Sony specifically with their pricing structures. It still kind of is interesting to me why people who are not even bought into the ecosystem get so upset about it. But at the same time, I think that it's good to have balance of perspective. And I think it has been good for gaming generally when you have a vocal community say what they are and are not willing to pay. And by the way, I think that Sony specifically, they are trying to build a brand prestige that they would love to be seen as a Nintendo. Nintendo can do this because they have a legacy. And I don't think that it's as simple as just saying, oh, brainless fans are just going to buy whatever says Nintendo. I think that, I mean, it's fine. You have whatever opinion you want about it. But I think that Nintendo is, there's a brand cachet there that's been done over time that they are in a position where they can do that. Does that mean that they can probably more often than not get away with putting a price on something that may not be worth the same as like a Zelda and they're both the same price probably. And I think Sony would love to be in that position. And again, as I was saying earlier, I don't think many brands can get away with premium mm -hmm. of price. No, not many can. No, and Nintendo, they get away with it. Um, and I will give them credit where credit's due. I, I think they need to, uh, revalue their pricing structure personally. You know, I don't, 100% get into their ecosystem, like you were saying, but I've got a Switch. I've got a number of games, you know, the kid likes playing them. But uh, what I will say is when they publish a game, that game is complete. It doesn't have bugs. It runs exceptionally well on yeah. the hardware that yeah, it was made for. Other stuff, yeah. And like, it's not, they're not designed to have DLC later. Like it's, here's a complete package start to front that it may, it might have DLC later on, but you don't see like, you don't see the holes. You don't see the gaps. You know, there's not like a cliffhanger where you're like, well, I guess I got to spend more money to finish this, this thing, you know, like it's, it's complete, you know, and then not a lot of publishers do that these days. And I, you know, I, that's another conversation on day one patches and uh, continuous improvement 
for games. Uh, but yeah, but Nintendo's credit, uh, I think the fact that they ship quality product is how they're able to get away with that um, that price tag cachet. Yeah, they definitely do. And I, I don't know. I, I just sometimes I get annoyed with the conversation just because people, if you're not in the ecosystem and you don't think the games are good, then don't buy the games. But that doesn't mean a that they're not good. That doesn't mean objectively that they're not good just because you wouldn't pay that price. Mm-hmm. But let me, let me ask you this, actually, Sonic Boom, just because the advent of Game Pass is taking over more and more, I think. If it's not taking over the market totally yet, it's taking up a lot of the mindshare market and mindshare market to me is just the perception on a brand and what it's doing and where it's headed. Where where do you see games in 10, 20 years just in terms of price? Do you think that this sustains or do you think that Game Pass is going to take over the uh I guess the 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 price point paradigm or um it's tricky cuz you know they're they're writing checks to get these AAA games. You know, uh, get these first party studios, publishment games, published games on day one, and that's great. But in ten years, what are they going to do to keep that uh, that energy? Because like you look at Netflix, you know, that used to be where people they're they're spending money hand over fist. Uh, yeah. to get that platform up and running to their detriment. And then they had to start making their own content. And now <laughs> Netflix is where something goes to die almost, you know, it's not the, the big to do that it used to be, you know, um, that might be oversimplification, but uh, I think that's the thing they have to be careful of is uh, following the Netflix model, but not following the, the Netflix model. Um, I, I think most of what game, I, I think Game Pass and Online Cloud, they're one and the same. And I think it's to get uh mm-hmm. it's to get to that two billion gamer mark. That's their their mm-hmm. goal, their uh, not their mission statement, but the thing they're they're trying to attain, you know. Um, is that feasible? No, but they want to grow their brand in other regions and how you do it is with accessibility and uh, a good price. And Game Pass provides both, because um, yeah. here in the states, PlayStation and Xbox brand, and they sell pretty damn close to each other. It's you know, uh, last gen it was it wasn't as big of a a detriment to Xbox as it was in Europe in terms of numbers. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it was only within a couple million, but you know, overseas, yeah, it's Europe is just all PlayStation. You know, Xbox is a joke, and them growing into another venue is a way of trying to get that, get those sales, get the, um, get where they're not normally, um, successful. Like Japan, Japan is having record sales for Xboxes. Um, yeah, yeah, they are just because of this, the strides they've been making in terms of price, quality, convenience, um, like they someone posted numbers that they sold like 8000 Xboxes which doesn't sound like a lot but for Japan for Xbox that's amazing and yeah, even is. PlayStation is struggling to sell consoles there so i would like to see actually updated mm-hmm. numbers for PS5 in Japan i i would be interested to see that um i wonder actually if Japan is some sort of a harbinger in a way just because i've obviously Xbox has launched in China 
maybe Singapore. I can't remember all the markets they're they're bringing it to India. I think too, but a lot of people kind of forget the fact that for most gamers in a lot of the emerging markets, emerging markets meaning mar- markets that have not traditionally been held by consoles, most people are on PC, and if you have a platform that is, eh, we've discussed this again, but you have a platform that is not contingent on shipping a plastic box your reach is massive so i'm gonna just and again why i think playstation is focusing on pc the more that this is normalized i think the more that they're going to try and penetrate mm-hmm. pc emerging markets but yeah. uh, microsoft is already positioned to do that so i yeah, don't know like like, uh, ca- like uh pc cafes you go in you pay yeah, however right. much to get in you log into your your xbox live id and you have all your games and you're ready to go you know absolutely absolutely well i guess just to cap it i spend too much on games will yeah, that change anytime soon i don't know <laughs> i don't know if i do i need to play more than i buy but at the moment it's, it's yeah, a little I, ass I, backwards i spend too much on gaming but not games themselves so equivalent exchange way to put that and i'm sure we'll revisit this topic at some point you know as as things evolve and change and so well, Game Pass seems to be the conversation that like slips into every single uh, episode we do. So. <laughs> it's Until just, next time, Game Pass. I we'll know. see you in a week. It's not Game Pass we're talking about. It's Bethesda. So, <laughs> uh, all right. As we wind it down, uh, quick fires, Matt. What do you have? Quick fires. What you got, baby? Okay. Favorite Fourth of July food and beverage. Oh, uh, beers and Bud Lights. I can uh, have one um, right now. Or burgers and Bud Lights. I just said beer and beer pretty much. I'm an idiot. <laughs> so I didn't even <laughs> in my mind I registered burgers and beer. Yeah, man. Just get the get the grill going. Fire it up. Let's get some meat and some land beast. When did you draw the line in the sand on the whole Bud Light thing, by the way? You're just ride or die for that beer, bro. Um, I just it's one of those my parents drank it, so I started drinking it and just kind of Yeah. I mean, <laughs> my buddy Dan's a huge Miller guy, so we just take jabs at each other. But we respect each other's game. Like he's all about uh, Bud Light seltzers. He he rocks those hard because they're great. Seltzer, man. Yeah, seltzer, seltzer game. Strong these days. Yeah, um, so and I'll I'll give a nod to uh, Miller High Life, the champagne of beers. I'll, I'll get a couple tall boys of those when I want to have a good weekend. So, you know, I recognize the game. I'm about to throw one back right after this podcast. Yo, yeah, for me, it's always a uh, hot dog and Corona. Corona's my my yeah. brief choice. I am not a uh, very specific on my beer. I'll drink whatever's in front of me. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I, those beer snobs are like, it's not a micro brew. It's a blah, 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 whatever the new term is. I'm like, shut yeah. the fuck Jam up. It up your ass. No Love one cares. You know, and then you got those euros. They're like, that's like canoe. You're close to water. It's like, fuck you. Have you ever seen a company make this amount of beer with this much consistency? No. You know? <laughs> so. Like I like heavy beers. Like Sam Adams is one of my favorite beers. Their uh, winter lager is like my go-to jam. So you know, you know um, what's a good kind of dime a dozen beer out here on the East Coast is hmm. Ying Yingling. You ever heard of Yingling? Yingling isn't that a Yingling. uh like a a panda bear like the San Diego Zoo or something? <laughs> it sounds Ling-ling. like Ling-ling. it would be yes. And this is the funny thing too. It's actually the oldest brewery in America. Oh, okay. Brewery. It was actually brought over by the Germans. I'm Very nice. German also, by the way. So. Hey, I got a bit of touch of German. I had a brat last night at the Be Stampede. Nine? Yeah, you did. Nine. That's all I know. 
Okay. That's all you need to know. Oh, wait, um, okay. <laughs> While we're t- talking about top uh, hot dogs, toppings on your hot dog. What do you go with, Sonic Boom? Ah, basic. I'm a basic bitch. I do ketchup, mustard, and I just now got into mustard like the last oh four or five years. I used to not like mustard on anything. Um, oh, you were anti-mustard. I, I just if it was on like a burger, like from Mickey D's, I'd leave it, but I wouldn't go out of my way to get it on there myself. Um, yeah, it's, it's I know been people, a long road. For I know you, people man. cry about like corn dogs should only have mustard on them and you shouldn't put ketchup on brats, but it's like, though, it's a sandwich. Put whatever the fuck you want on it. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I'm almost huh? on board with you. We'll move Sorry, on. What? <laughs> I OK. First of all, shout out to the Costco hot dog. It's a beautiful. Oh, my God. Yeah. This world that we a live dog in and a drink for a buck fifty all day. All day and night. I loved it. First thing I do when I get into Costco, I just beeline it straight. Give me the hot dogs, please. Nice. Give me your hot dogs. And I like how they just have like the rotary of the fucking onion. You just yep. get everything <laughs> on that hot dog. So that's how I prefer my hot dogs. Baller. I'll have one of everything on that hot dog. Um, Favorite DLC you have ever played? Oh, favorite. Well um i'm gonna cheat and say odst because that was actually supposed to be dlc for halo 3 and then the higher ups are like nope that needs to be a full packaged game i said uh we'll try so that's why it it didn't come out at 60 bucks i don't think it came out at 60 bucks that was like a 40 dollar game was Uh, it yeah i think you're right about that actually dlc i'm sure i got another yeah i know if i could peruse the catalog um it's actually a hard quick fire. Dishonored had a good one. What was it? Um, the Witches. That was pretty good. Witches of Westmore or Witches of... <laughs> what was it called? Uh, the Blair Witch. Yeah, the Blair Witches. Yeah. Um, God, I'm sure if I had a minute to go look through my catalog, I could think of something better than that, but I'll just Bioshock cheat. 2 had good DLC, apparently. Allegedly, Bioshock yeah, 2. Yeah, that's another one that I heard good things about and never touched. Minerva's Den or whatever. Yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, Forsaken for uh, Destiny 2 was really good. That's what got me back into it because I heard so many good things about it because I'd put Destiny 2 down. I was like, no, this is not my jam. I What's, dif- What's different about it? Is it a um, thing? No, it's, it was like a whole new like place and it was like a Mega Man style where you have to go... Uh, get like eight bad guys and you kind of just went at your own pace you went to whatever one you wanted and after that and that was like a whole like campaign in itself like it was pretty meaty uh chasing these guys but then when it was done there's this whole another section that they never told you about like a whole other planet um that they didn't tell you about and then that was where like the raid was and another strike and it was just like basically you got like two expansions in one and it, one led to the other very, very well. Um, so, and then that. You know, once in a while, I tell myself I'm going to treat Destiny kind of like somebody who's never seen Game of Thrones, and they're going to wait till the very end and just watch them all at once. I might do the same thing with Destiny. <laughs> well, Go back to the very beginning when it's all done and you can, play the 500 years of Destiny. You can kind of do that. They vaulted a bunch of stuff, so you're going to play things that aren't like current or even exist i mean they yeah they've been getting shit for that so but yeah forsaken was really good that got me back into destiny yeah my my favorite dlc ever without a doubt hands down is bloodborne old hunters amazing dlc Mm. 
and you thought Bloodborne was hard, and then you play Old Hunters, and you're like, wow, I'm, I was a Bloodborne bitch before I played this game. I, that, that, that DLC will put a few hairs on your on your chest. That was, that was difficult, let me tell you. Nice. Uh, Matt, we've already talked about how hot dog is a sandwich. Uh, do you prefer propane or charcoal? <laughs> This was never established. Um, Absolutely was. I mean, as the host, I put it in the show notes. Not a. So. I, I I sign off. I do not. I'm out. <laughs> um, propane or charcoal? I guess charcoal. I'm kind of weird. I like to taste some Bernie Black shit on my hot yeah. dogs. Yeah, there you go. A little I'm all about it. Yeah, get those rings. Get that. Yeah, give me give me the cancer or whatever that does for me. Yeah. <laughs> nice yeah charcoal is where it's at if if i've got time you know it, it's that's a process that's not something you just force P- propane's nice you know you can just start it and you're hot and ready to cook in a couple minutes or charcoal it's a you know it's a dance it's an art form yeah oh, it's, it certainly is a dance but i'm not above just you know throwing in a hot dog and some water and then heating it up in a microwave that's where i am oh god no when you have kids yeah that's the way to do. like oh you want hot dogs again and i just got done grilling here's a pan of water let me boil it <laughs> by the way cheese dogs absolutely it's the only cheese dog you can wrap and i believe the instructions will tell you this wrap it in a paper towel 30 seconds and you've got magic flavor yeah so i went through a stint where i was microwaving bacon because it took like (laughs) 30 seconds it was marvelous (laughs) microwaving bacon sonic (laughs) boom name of the episode microwaving bacon let's do it okay all right (laughs) Yes. Uh, yeah um i just I was like a one of those did it one time and it just kind of kept going with it and <laughs> one thing led to another yeah and it was you know college you know you just start experimenting things happen you yeah. know put things in your mouth that you don't know you know you're not normally used to and here you are <laughs> yeah is it cooked is it good we don't know we'll yeah, know we'll tomorrow find out. <laughs> um would you rather have 90 plus degree weather all all year or six inches of snow every other day. And he lost audio. Damn it. Okay. I'm back. Sorry. Did you hear my question? No, I did not. I said, would you rather have 90 plus degree weather all year or six inches of snow every other day? (laughs) Holy shit, man. This, this goes into the depths of, of darkness here. Um, how high do you, so you name so you say 90 plus is there a yeah. ceiling I mean, it's, on this hell? it's like it's you know, 90 is the lowest it ever gets like christmas it's 90 but then during the dog days of summer you're probably triple digits okay so are you a summer or winter person like <laughs> let me boil it down for you simpletons you so snow snow every other it. day or fucking phoenix <laughs> um yeah i'll have i guess i'll do the heat but i wouldn't do it with a smile i mean Six inches. You said six inches. Sure. Okay, you know what? I'm gonna. Not do a snow. good day. I'm gonna, you know? gonna go with the snow. I'm gonna go with the snow. Okay. Go with the Perfect. Snow. Oh boy. I'm the same way. But, I can't. I can't stand the heat. Like this time of the year, I'm like done with summer. Like I'm so sick of mowing the damn yard. Like go. I'm just done. <laughs> like I'm sick of watering. I'm sick of mowing. I'm sick of trimming. I'm sick of pulling up dandelions. Man, the these are the just dog days for you. Oh no, dog! We still got two months of heat, buddy. I'm just dreading it. But yeah, I'm a jeans and hoodie person. I could do snow year round, cold year round, no problem. 
See, and that, no, I'm the exact same way, actually. That's the thing with cold weather. I like wearing comfortable clothing, and it's just more accepted in winter when I just am living in a hoodie all day and night. I'm with you. Yeah. All right, um, Matt, that yeah. was a that was a podcast. We talked, and it was fun. I enjoyed it. Did you enjoy it? I had a great time. I expected there to be more screaming and yelling, but mm. there's always next time. Well, I am pretty sauced. So, um, where can the people find you? You can find me at the Circle Button on Twitter. I'm like a six out of ten follow. I was going to say to eleven out of ten. You're the number one. You're number one, baby. Numero uno. And that's well reflected in my follower account, which has shot up in recent weeks. It's currently at 77 large. Ooh. Well, when you say yeah. truth, you know, people will follow. That's right. I'm going to, I'm going to keep doing that then. Good. Where can the people find you? Ooh, I'm also on Twitter at the pie Piper. That's where you can follow me or yes. at uh cross plat chat. It's another Twitter handle you can follow. And our, our third who is, absent today sadly is greg human platinum he is at jethrin j-e-t-h-r-i-n best follow on twitter oh yeah definitely oh so i guess we can put a lid on it that's that's that that was a show that was episode 22 cross-platform chat we're microwave and baking and celebrate independence day or traders day depending on where you're from yeah either way we're eating hot dogs not sandwiches Either way, Boom. it's to end the podcast. End Either way, podcast. no, Greg, you goddamn idiot, you stay here. It's Get out of here, between Greg. bread. It's a sandwich. How do, damn I, it. how do I send this damn guy out? End the podcast. Hot dog, hot dog. Oh, don't forget to kiss your dad square on the lips. When's the last time you've done that? Uh, probably not too long ago. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah, I just <laughs> recently been telling my dad I love him, so I'm Good. working up the man kiss. Good. I'm getting there. Do it. Nothing's manlier than being able to kiss another man. Straight up. Come here.